Hello and welcome to the Flex. It's Matt St. Jean and Joe Howie back again to cover the Providence Friars on you. Providence got the week off, a little time to rest up before hosting DePaul on Saturday. That'll be 6.30 p.m. Eastern time at the Dunkin' Donut Center. This is a DePaul team. They're 3-9 they're and nine in conference play, but they just won two in a row, including a game last night over Georgetown. Joe, this win over Georgetown, I mean, what were your thoughts? Does this say more about DePaul or more about Georgetown? I honestly, um, I think... DePaul's last two wins say more about their opponents than it does about them. Um, if you're, and I'll go, I'll fast forward to last weekend against the 21st ranked Xavier at the Cintas Center. If you're DePaul and you're going into the Cintas Center and beating Xavier, that says so much more about Xavier than it does about you. I mean, you're playing without your two best, or maybe not your two best, but you're playing without two players, so tip of the cap to you. But if Xavier can't get, if they can't get behind the, the sold-out Cintas Center to beat DePaul, that then Travis Steele has a serious problem. And Xavier is spiraling right now. We could do an entire podcast about the state of the Musketeers. But if Xavier can't beat DePaul, who's a, a, the residential host of the basement of the Big East year in and year out, then that's a problem for them. And Georgetown, uh, listen, Georgetown is Georgetown. They're 0-11. You feel bad for them. But to give up a 26 to nothing run to end the game, like, sure, that's great offense by DePaul, but that's also terrible defense by Georgetown and terrible offense by Georgetown, too. So, listen, DePaul, for Providence, as it pertains to this game on Saturday, it's a trap game because it's nestled a couple of days right before you-know-who comes to town, but we won't even look ahead to that. This is a trap game because DePaul is coming off of a two-game win streak. Their confidence is up. Uh, even though their two wins say more about their opponents, like, it's a win, and a win is going to have the mental effect on the team to, to have them play with confidence and play loose. So it's a DePaul team that you don't really want to see right now. Yeah, no, and that's absolutely true. I will say one of the things, DePaul without Javon Freeman Liberty right now, we don't know if he's going to be back this Saturday. But, yeah, that DePaul-Georgetown game, you go on a 26-0 to run against anybody, and that's a really bad look for the team on the receiving end, which is what happened. The score was tied at 49 with over 10 minutes left, and I'm partway through the second half, and the ball just went on that run and ended it. Georgetown couldn't get anything. So, yeah, really bad look for Georgetown, which is now outside of the top 200 in Ken Palm. That's yikes. Not a sp- not where you would expect that program to be. It's got to be among the worst Big East teams ever in the Ken Palm era. Forget the new Big East. Go back to 2002. That's got to be among the worst ever. I think the worst I saw, somebody was ranked as low as 222. And I don't, I, I don't remember which team it was. But I mean, there have been some bad teams out there, but yikes. DePaul, impressive to do that without Javon Freeman Liberty. This is a team that already lost to the Friars at home with Freeman Liberty, lost by 17 points in a game that was not particularly close. Freeman Liberty scored 22 points. So if you're DePaul and you're trying to pull this upset on Saturday, how are you trying to do it? 
Uh, I don't know. To be quite honest <laughs> with you, Matt, I don't. I, I genuinely don't have an answer for you because this was also the game where AJ Reeves came out red hot. He hit a three. He had that nice coast to coast bucket, and then he hurt his finger. So we were playing shorthanded too. This is the the same game where. Nate Watson had three points and was diving on the floor for loose balls. So I I, I think for Providence, you just you replicate the energy that you brought to that game from top to bottom, from Watson to Goodine. You know, you replicate that energy. You have Reeves back into the fold, too. And you get behind the sold out Dunkin Donuts Center that's going to be there on Saturday at 630. Uh, I think really that's how Providence wins the game. If I'm DePaul. Stick to the game plan. Um, try to ride the confidence of the past two wins. But, you know, you, you got to be prepared to play physical against this Providence team. And we saw that in that Xavier matchup. DePaul was getting chippy and physical. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, so I look at DePaul here. I mean, I David Brandon, Jones likes to get physical. Oh, Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Brandon he's, Johnson he's and um, Zach Fremantle were really going at it and listen that that is totally 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 a result of zach Fremantle being the single softest player in big east conference history next to marcus howard and i'll stand by that because Fremantle is so mentally soft that i i, I can't stand him he's so mentally soft yeah and he's but, been he has not bounced back from that injury he had no not at all no not at all but i, I digress Johnson gets chippy. Um, this is a DePaul team that came out against the Friars back in that matchup on January 1st with, with a chip on their shoulder defensively. You know, they were they were pesky to start in that first five minutes. But then I think it was Al Durham just started taking over. Then Reeves had the coast to coast. Reeves had a three. And then, you know, Providence just pulled away. Yeah, the Friars went on a 22 to 0 run to essentially cap the first half. DePaul got a three late. I don't know. I think it was as time expired in the, the closing seconds of the half. But other yes. than that, the Friars owned it, had nearly a 99% chance of victory, looking at the win probability graph here, going into the half. And that's that's what you need to see from the Friars on Saturday against what very well could be a shorthanded DePaul team. I will say a couple stats to bring up. First, David Jones last time out. He had the first triple-double in DePaul program history. Can't believe it's been that long, but a really impressive game for him against Georgetown. He's a guy that can take over a game. He didn't play very well when he played the Friars the first time. Only three points. So if he gets that shot going, I think DePaul would have to ride him a little bit because he's a guy that can do it. The other guy, Nick Ongenda. He had seven blocks. He was the reason that Nate Watson had some issues first time around. I'd like to see Nate Watson bounce back and, and power through the big guy a little bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Nick Ongenda, he's long, he's lanky. I don't think he's anything to write home about with respect to big men in the Big East. Seven blocks is nice. Uh, I'm not going to discredit that, especially against a, a larger team like the Providence Friars. But really, if you're Watson, you just have to assert your physicality and dominance on Ongenda and it, it should be a, a lights out game because Nick Ongenda's undersized compared to Watson with respect to girth. Yeah, Ongenda's yeah. six eleven, but he's also only two ten, a thinner guy. He's good. He's had a good year for them. But 
I don't. If he has another seven block performance against the Friars, I'll be impressed. I'll be surprised and impressed by that. And also, he got seven blocks, and that still wasn't nearly enough to keep DePaul in the game. The Friars found other ways to score. And I think that's something they're going to need to continue to do. They were hot from deep in that one, eight of 15. Noah Horkler hit two. Manaya hit two from deep. Durham hit two from deep. I think though, getting those guys and AJ Reeves going from beyond the arc is probably going to be big because DePaul has a couple of those big, tough guys that like to play chippy. Yeah, and not to mention, too, Friars went 8 of 15 on the game from three-point, and DePaul went 7 for 21. So I think if you're the Friars, too, you just got to protect the three-point line with everything you have. And I think since that DePaul game, we've seen the the defense improve overall with respect to recovery on the three-point line. I think we saw that especially at Xavier, you know, mm-hmm. guys like Manaya, guys like Breed, guys like Bynum, you know, really recovering on their man, especially when you collapse into the paint. Um, so I think if Providence can protect the three-point line and just out-tough out DePaul, uh, you know, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's the Friars. This is one of those opportunities. We said it last time against Georgetown. We're going to say it again here. You want the win, but the win isn't what matters. It's how you do it. The Friars moved yeah. up, I think, seven spots on Ken Palm after beating DePaul last time. They moved up, I think, seven spots or six spots after beating Georgetown, the common denominator. They didn't just win. They controlled the game and blew out the other team. DePaul, they're not a good team this year. They're, they're better than some previous DePaul teams, but especially if they don't have Freeman Liberty, this is not a particularly good team. You're playing at home. This is an opportunity to show off a little bit for the crowd. Saturday night game, you should be in front of fans. You should have a plenty of, of lively fans for this game. And you got some rest. I know Durham's been banged up. Manaya's been banged up. All right, Horkler. they should be ready to go in this one. Yeah, Horkler. This is a game where you can show off a little bit. Try to go win this one by 10, 15, even 20 points and really, really put a bow on it. Yeah, Matt, um, I'm really glad with the way that you just, you know, teed this up. Um, Normally, you try to be as politically correct against a team like DePaul or Georgetown with something like this. But in this situation, Providence is in every way possible the better team than DePaul. And we need to play like it on Saturday. Now we can say all the cushy stuff like, you know, you don't want to give to Paul the more, more momentum. You don't want to, you know, give a give a win to a team that needs it. No, you, you want to kick to Paul's teeth in because quite yeah. honestly, a win for DePaul does much less for them in the long term than it than a win for Providence does on Saturday. And right now, DePaul is a team that doesn't have any postseason hopes with respect to making the NCAA tournament unless they win the outright Big East championship in March. So right now, Providence is worried about maintaining national credibility, maintaining a top 15 ranking and padding the score, the win column of the record. So DePaul comes to town, kick their damn teeth in. That's basically what I have to say. Yeah. And you go back, you look at what previous, uh, Previous teams around the Big East have done to DePaul in similar situations. I just pull up. You go back to 2018, that Villanova team that ended up winning the championship. They got DePaul at home in February. You want to know what the final score of that one was? 93-62. That's the kind of stuff we're looking for here in the Friars. We, we've done it against DePaul. We've talked about it. We talked about it last week. 2020 season finale. What was that? Yeah, 2020 season finale. Played DePaul at home. Beat them 93-55. I'm not saying you need to beat them that badly, but this Friars team should be better than that 2020 team, and this DePaul's team is 
they're not better than they were that year. No, not, not at all. Um, and and to give credit where it's due, DePaul has done a fair job of giving the Friars a run for their money uh, the past couple of seasons. I think it was last year in Alumni Hall. You know, we that game went to overtime because we couldn't close it out. Um, the, that same DePaul team wiped the floor with us in Madison Square Garden in the Big East tournament on the Wednesday night 930 matchup. So, you know, this is the Paul team that has historically given Ed Cooley problems. Um, obviously, new coach, new roster of players. And as it stands right on Tuesday, on what is it today? Thursday, February Thursday. 10th, <laughs> we are 0-1-1-0 against them on the season with a 17-point victory in Chicago. So if you're the Providence Friars sitting alone in the penthouse of the conference, you see this opportunity on Saturday and you're salivating. It's basically it's you you have the opportunity to run a clinic on a DePaul team before the second or third best team in the conference comes to town on Tuesday. So you really this is a gift horse. Don't look it in the mouth. Kick their teeth in and get on with your Saturday evening. Yep, this is this is a tune-up game right here. <laughs> this is your warm-up before you go play Nova next week. You can't overlook them. You know DePaul is going to come out motivated. Again, one two in a row, and they beat a good Xavier team. So you got you to show up. You can't lose this game. Under no circumstances can you lose this game. You lose this game, you're going to drop quite a few spots. You could say goodbye to be a, a top-10 team in the AP poll in the foreseeable future, put it that way. You win. Yep. You're going to be in good shape, especially if you win big. And talk about the AP top 10. The Friars at 11 right now. The team is ranked 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th. Have all lost before the Friars even play this week. I mean, Providence has some opportunities here to move right on up. Got to take advantage of it. That's what good yeah. teams do. And you know, too, Ed Cooley is preaching that to his guys. Um Maybe not too in-depth. I know he doesn't like to look at those numbers all too well. Um, you know, he says a lot. The only number I care about is the the, the win-loss column, which is the, the right answer, especially when you're coaching, you know, young college athletes that tend to get caught up in the moment with respect to national credibility, national respect, national image. Um, so I'm sure it's top of mind for Cooley and the coaching staff, and I'm sure the players are, are aware too. You know, you, you – you play the sport, you're obviously going to consume the sport, you're going to watch other games. You just you can't let any of that bog down your mind when you when you hit the floor on Saturday. You just got to go out with one mission, go one and all on the day. You beat the second worst team in the conference and you get on with it. Got it. I mean, got to be professional about this. It's a nice little business trip. Take the buses down from campus to the dunk. Go play your game and get back to practice because it's a quick turnaround for a Tuesday night game. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is there's not a whole lot X's and O's here that you got to look at. Friars just shoot better basketball. They shoot better. They defend better. They have better players across the board. There's only there's only one guy in this DePaul team that would start for the Friars potentially, and that's Freeman Liberty. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have they're gonna have the best five on the floor most of the day, if especially Freeman Liberty is not there. You gotta play like it. You gotta own the floor. 
You know, I, I think this would be another great game for the Friars to have one of those really well-rounded performances where you got four or five guys in double figures. And, you know, you may not necessarily have a 32-point a Jared Bynum performance or uh, a Justin Minaya playing full, the full 40 or um, – a Nate Watson 22 and 11 performance. Like it could be like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 across the boards, but a performance like that will get you the win just as well as any of those other types of performances too. Um, and the reason I say that is because I don't think DePaul has the roster power to completely and fully shut down five Providence players at the same time. And if they do, and they somehow pull that, pull that out of their a double S tip your hat to them. Good job. But Again, Matt, we we can phrase this as many different ways as we want until we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, Providence is better than DePaul. You need to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as the Friars show up and play their game, if the Friars show up to play, this should be a win. And then it's just kind of a matter of what does DePaul do? We'll say going through their stats, the biggest glaring area of weakness on defense is at the three point line. So the Friars need to be on. If the Friars have a bad day shooting the three, all right, maybe you get a little bit worried. But for the, I, I think the Friars should be able to shoot the three pretty well against them. And you got you got four guys this year who can really knock it down, maybe five, depending on how you look at it. You got Horkler, AJ, and Jared. For sure, really good three-point shooters. And then usually Al Durman, Justin Benaya can give you something too. Yeah. Not to mention, too, so, with the performance Bynum just had, you know, you know, DePaul is going to be on high alert. That's like a layup. Bynum puts up 32. Who's at the top of the scouting report the next game out? It's going to be Jared Bynum. You know who's not at the top of the scouting report? A.J. Reeves, Noah Horkler, Al Durham, Justin Minaya. The other shooters on this team, even you can go back to the Northwestern game, Bryson Goodine going four or five from beyond the arc. If you can get someone to catch fire from outside, you're going to space the floor. Watson's going to you know, find himself in single man coverage and then you feed it inside. I just yeah, I, I think this one is so simple. It's simple on paper. It should be simple on the court. Um, yeah, it's a simple. Yeah, you're high lowing them. That's really all it is. That's especially against any team that's mediocre. That's what that's all Providence has to do. High low them. As long as somebody can hit threes, defense will have to come out. Then you can get space for Watson, and he will eat against any one-on-one matchup. Heck, he'll eat in one-on-two matchups against the right people in the right circumstance too. That's yeah. You just gotta. I mean, you have to imagine DePaul is going to come out and try to deny Nate Watson the ball as much as possible. That there's your space. Knock down a couple shots early, get momentum, get that crowd going in the building. You can put them away early, which is what they did in the first game. So that's that's what you're looking for here. Also, too, you put DePaul away early in your building and then you catch fire and you have an offensive slugfest like you did back in March of 2020 when, Matt, that was the last time we were at the dunk calling the games when Providence had senior night against DePaul. You get a a full building for an offensive slugfest like DePaul just won't be able to recover from that. Like most teams don't. If if the if the Friars pull out a double figure lead on you at the dunk, forget it. You get the crowd behind you. It's game over. Yeah, and this this is a very good at Cooley defense. They don't force a ton of turnovers, do anything crazy. They're just solid. They play good man on man defense. They keep their chest in front of guys. Don't let guys dribble to the hoop that much. 
play good paint defense. They generally rebound pretty well defensively. They, they could get better, but they generally do that pretty well. So, I mean, that and that's where you're looking. That's, that's, uh, that's why the Friars have been so good at winning all year long, is that their floor is so high. When they hit shots, they can really beat the heck out of teams. But the defense is always going to be good enough that they're in games. With the exception yeah. of the two that they weren't. But that's why they've, yeah. they've played so many close games but won them, because the defense keeps it in them. And, I mean, are you going to... You know the, the top six on this roster, top seven on this roster... I'm not going to bet against at least one of them being able to hit a shot when you need it. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. This game is 630 at the dunk on Saturday. I just want to dive into the Big East as a whole because I know we talked about Xavier. It seems to me like Xavier and Seton Hall have kind of done a role reversal over the past two weeks. Seton Hall has won three in a row. Xavier's lost back to back and they've lost four out of their last six. Who would have thought we'd be here right now with Seton Hall pretty clearly over Xavier in the standings? You you know, Matt, and to repeat what I said, I forget when I said it, maybe it was Sunday after the Georgetown game. Xavier is overrated. And the fact that they were given, you know, the ranking of 25 is really a gift from the AP poll rankers. Um, And like I said, as, as a benchmark, Anytime you can have four more uh, Big East Conference teams ranked, you know, I think that's great. I don't care who it is. As long as you got four, four to five in there, I think it's good for the conference. It's good for national respect and credibility and all that good stuff. With that said, I do not think the Xavier Musketeers deserve to be ranked right now. Not with the way they've been playing. Not with the way that Travis Steele has been coaching them. And to be completely honest with you, if Xavier ends the season unranked with with a poor record in conference play and some way or another, they they wind up missing out on the NCAA tournament. You have to assume that Travis Steele is in the hot seat. He has to be. Yeah. And this is you get ranked 25 or 24. You're kind of on probation. Those last two or three spots in the poll. That's your that's your AP probation. You got to win this week to keep the spot. Seton Hall won. Xavier looked bad. And that's just the story for Xavier all year. They cannot play well in the first half. I think they've trailed at the half in eight of their last nine games, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, Yeah. no wonder you're not going to play well when that happens. You have a a great comeback at Creighton. Awesome. How about you play a full 40 minutes and you don't need that? Because this team currently has to – they obviously have the talent. They can play like it for 20 minutes. But – yeah, they can. We talked about Seton Hall finally starting to put things together a little bit. The other team to have a win that they needed was UConn earlier earlier this week against Marquette. They swept Marquette this year. Yeah, I, I still think UConn is an enigma because they're athletic. That's for sure. I wouldn't necessarily say they're well coached. They're decently coached because it, with respect to national success, Big East success. Dan Hurley hasn't earned his stripes yet. So all this national Dan Hurley, this Dan Hurley, that is he a gritty coach? Sure. Not going to deny that. Has he had some, you know, success with respect to wins with UConn and URI? Sure. Not going to debate that. What in the NCAA tournament has Danny Hurley done? What in the Big East tournament and in UConn's tenure in the Big East has Danny Hurley done to really 
boasts this, like, I'm one of the best coaches in the Big East mantra that ESPN and the UConn fans seem to be giving him. I just, I don't see it. He is where he is right now because of his father. And the same goes for his brother over in Arizona. Like, daddy got them to where they are, but I haven't seen the success from Danny Hurley to prove that he earns it. No, uh, he's a good coach. Long-winded random side tangent. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is I like what you said about them being athletic. There's an argument that UConn is the most physically gifted team in the Big East, but that doesn't make you good at basketball. And that's what's I mean, that's why the, they beat Butler twice and they handled Georgetown with ease and they were able to win at DePaul. But that it's why they were able to they're one of now two teams to just beat Auburn this year. And I, UConn's a good team. They deserve to be ranked at this point, I think. And they're certainly a tournament team. The problem is you just never really know if they're actually going to be good at basketball on a given day. The skill level is so inconsistent. They're really missing book night. RJ Cole is good, but he's not that super efficient shots. guy that book night is. Yeah, he takes a lot of shots. Adama Sonogo, really physically gifted. He has some strong moments. He had a great game statistically the last game against Marquette. Was not very efficient. I think it was... I don't remember how many points was it. Twenty four points. Yeah, twenty four points, fifteen rebounds, nine of eighteen from the floor. Yeah, hitting nine shots is awesome. Shooting fifty percent from the floor is pretty good, but just taking eighteen shots. All right, the it's the offense is going through you, and he's not as good as a Nate Watson at doing that. Tyrese Martin, I will say, is good. Isaiah Whaley, really good on defense. There's a reason why he was a co-defensive player of the year last year. But you get past it, Akukakuk, he's been injured. He's been all right. Andre Jackson, freak of nature. You saw some of the dunks he's put down. I'm not convinced he's that good of a basketball player at this point. And the depth, like Tyler Pauly, eh, Jalen Gaffney, eh. There's nothing on this team. There's nobody that's really going to take over a game for you, I don't think. They're kind of the opposite of the Friars in a lot of ways, that they're, they're younger, they're really physically gifted, and... They're not super skilled. They don't necessarily have a guy that's going to hit the shot. Yeah, I think what you said is spot on, Matt. I think Adama Sonogo right now is easily their best player. Um, But even with that said, Adama Sonogo was handled by Eric Dixon when they played Villanova. And as you well know, and as anyone who's close to me knows, I don't think Eric Dixon is all that good at a five man. I think he brings a different skill set to the table, which is what we've seen out of Villanova quote unquote bigs in the past couple of years, but Adama Sonogo is a true five man. And for all the talk that he was producing going into that Villanova game, he he got his, you know, what handed to him by Eric Dixon. So again, this is a a really athletic UConn team. They're physically gifted when it comes to basketball talent. I don't know if it's there. I think they can use their size and their physicality to will themselves to wins. And I think in this conference that works, but when it comes to the, the rest of the country, we'll see what happens in March. And that's yeah. looking a ways ahead. But, you know, if we're analyzing UConn, we can do that right now. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it, talking about Adama Snogo against Eric Dixon, this is going to be, again, looking ahead a bit. But next Tuesday, it's going to be Nate Watson, similar profile player for Adama Snogo. He's better. He's bigger. He's much better at scoring around the rim than Snogo is. But. Similar mold going against Dixon. That, I I can tell you, is going to be the matchup to watch. We're going to have to talk about that more in our next episode when we preview that Nova game. But, yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to see what happens with UConn. They have a tough stretch coming up. They play at Xavier tomorrow night, Friday night. They still have to play St. John's on the road. 
They have Xavier twice in their next four games, actually. They get Seton Hall still. They play Villanova again, and they have to head to Omaha still. So we're going to find out exactly what UConn is made of. Meanwhile, the schedule is a little bit easier for the Friars, getting Xavier at home still, Creighton at home. Still have to play Nova twice, but lots of winnable games for Providence. Puts them in a good position right now, but it's all going to start Saturday night, 6.30 at the dunk. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this one quite a bit, Joe. Anything else we got to add on? No, I, I think we covered it at the end of the day. You need to beat DePaul and you need to kick their teeth in. Um, just plain and simple. Absolutely agreed. The Friars are surely going to be favored by quite a bit. So big opportunity for Providence. It'll be this Saturday, Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Make sure you're watching and make sure that you stay listening to us. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. Subscribe to this wherever you're listening to it. And make sure to give us a nice rating. If you like us, if you don't like us, don't rate us. That's all right. You don't have to tell us. <laughs> Positive feedback only. That's what we're about. We don't like to hear the criticism. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> But yeah, that'll do it for us. This has been The Flex. For Joe Howie, I am Matt St. Jean. Thank you for listening. Go for Irish.